Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one explosive-filled minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Norman Mitchell. And I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again today is Scott Corelli. Hi. Hello. And today we're talking about Minute 23, which starts with Otho and Lobelia Sackville Baggins and ends with a scream. <laughs> A very loud scream from Pippin. Not a Wilhelm scream. Not a. It sounds similar, but not a Wilhelm scream. Uh, it sounds like he was trying to make one. <laughs> I love that the scream is real. Yes, the scream is real. Because he didn't realize... It was going to explode. It was going to explode. <laughs> so he thought he like his pants were going to be on fire. And I think he legitimately like peed himself. Yes, he, he says he, he made that noise. <laughs> and that Dom did nothing but make fun of him for... Th- pretty much the rest of filming and that he peed himself a little bit and Dom called him old pissy leg for a while. (laughs) That's the story they tell in the cat's commentary, whether or not that that's true. Oh my God. It sounds like something of just them like messing around, messing around because that's what Dom and Billy do. But that scream sounds legit. Oh, that scream is totally legit. (laughs) Oh yeah. That sounds, that sounds like a man who wasn't expecting fire and got fire. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sound the first caveman made. <laughs> when he was, he's just, just walking around, lightning. <laughs> Don't yell at the mic. <laughs> Sorry. I hope I didn't deafen anyone. Oh, my God. Uh, um, so, I love Marion Pippin. This scene was actually cut from the theatrical... Not the uh, not not the the explosion. But, not the explosion, um, but the, the conversation. The, the Sackville Baggins is walking through, and the conversation with Bilbo and Frodo were both cut from the theatrical. And what they mention in the commentary is that without this conversation between Bilbo and Frodo, we don't see them interact with each other until Rivendell. Yeah, that's crazy. Because they're like Frodo is his adoptive son. Right. And we don't get to establish the connection between Bilbo and Frodo, really, without this. Yeah. You, you get some of it. You get a lot of Bilbo talking fondly about Frodo and Frodo talking fondly about Bilbo. But you never see them together. And without this scene, waiting until Rivendell to see these two people interact it just seems very strange. That's like an hour and a half into the movie. Yeah, it's like ha- almost well, halfway I through. Mean, because it, that's with the extended. <clears throat> but it's about halfway into the film. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I I uh I remember like I when I was watching this um this scene I I was always I I I I I I had trouble trying to discern what the point of it was um like on a plot standpoint and I don't think it was until this point that I realized it's because he's He's basically saying, I'm selfish because I chose you because I knew you could handle the ring when I was done with it. Um, yeah. And, and you're going to have a, you're going to have, have a hell of a time with it. And I'm sorry, but you're, you can, you're going to be able to deal with it better than any of the other Baggins would be able to. Well, I think not only that, but like dealing with Bilbo just leaving too. Yeah. Because. Hmm. And also, like, the selfishness of Bilbo wanting an heir just so the Sackville Bagginses didn't right. get the house. So he can dick, o- dick them over one last time. One last time. 
Man, and you, the the woman that plays Lobelia Sackville Baggins has such a great angry old lady face. They're very like hawkish. Yeah. She's just like a predatory bird. Yeah. She's like, where's that man? I'm going to steal his stuff. She she they're, they're very uh unhobbity. Yeah. Um it, it's 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 interesting cuz you know, that you tend to see the hobbits as in their a certain way. They have a certain way about them and then they're they're very uptight and different. Yeah. They're the only two hobbits not smiling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even the it, even the grumpy hobbit that we first meet at the beginning, um, yeah. still gets caught smiling at Gandalf. And at, as I said at the time, you brought it up. It's my favorite little hobbit moment. Is that guy just so laughing and smiling, and yeah. then just kind of turns and then grumpy. We see yeah. him again this week. We uh, yeah, we do see him again this week on yeah. on Friday, I believe. Foot first. Foot first. Proud feet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's kind of amazing uh, to think that essentially this entire minute was cut from the theatrical, except for the very end with the explosion. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, what's the story with Frodo's mom and dad? Uh, they, his mom drowned, right? They may have both drowned. I, I don't remember. I don't drowned. remember very, very clearly. One um, of them drowned at because least because he's he's from the same area of the Shire where Merry and Pippin are. They're uh, all Bywater. They're, they're cousins. Um, oh. and they're all like interrelated because, uh, Frodo, Frodo's mom is a Took. is a Took and yeah. Bilbo's mom was also a Took. Yeah. Uh, Frodo and Pippin are first cousins. Yeah. Um, so I believe they died in a boating accident. Yeah. Uh, they and were on the river together and yeah. they both die. Yeah. yeah. Frodo and Pippin are first cousins and Mary and Pippin are first cousins. Yeah. And Sam's just there. And Sam is just Frodo's buddy. He's, I mean, he's got to be like third or fourth cousins because, I mean, everyone is cousins in Hobbiton. There's only like five families. Yeah. And I, I, it's not necessarily unthinkable that the gaffer is related to the Baggins anyway because he's Bilbo's gardener. He's been around Bilbo his whole life. I thought we said the gaffer wasn't his gardener. Right. Or maybe Sam's he isn't. The, Sam's, Sam's the, gardener. the gardener, but maybe the gaffer must have been before that. I don't know. He's the gossip now. He's the he's the town gossip. Have you been at the gaffer's home brew? Yeah. But no. Well, well, yes, but that's not the point. <laughs> he's just he starts off so offended, and then he's just like, "Well, yes, I have been, I guess." And then he finishes by drinking. Yes. <laughs> he finishes. <laughs> that, that's that's not the point. The, the point is you'll be all right. Yep. <laughs> Keep drinking his ale, and apparently the the earwiggle is not an effect of those ears. Ian Holm did that wearing the prosthetic ear. What? He wig he can wiggle his ears, so he did that. Oh my god, that's awesome. That's not like subtle. It's like wiggle, like. Well, it looks much less subtle when you have two inches of prosthetic yeah, ear on. That's true. Yeah, but he apparently can just wiggle his ears. They mentioned that in the commentary really quickly. That's awesome. Um, that's amazing. <clears throat> I want to wiggle my ears. Right, I can't wiggle my ears. I've never been able to. <laughs> I can I've wiggle tried. my nose. I can't wiggle my ears. Uh, I can't even do that. So uh, another interesting thing to mention, I guess, in this minute where there's not a whole lot else going on is that Ian Holm was Frodo in the BBC radio adaptation of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, which I didn't know. That's really fun. Um, yeah. So he's – I love that everyone on the cast – 
is just like a giant Lord of the Rings nerd. And if yeah. they weren't when they got hired, they were coming out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Orlando Bloom talks about the first person he meets being Billy Boyd and them meeting at the foreign currency exchange counter at the airport. Yeah. Because Orlando went up to be like, I need some New Zealand dollars. And Billy Boyd was like, you're an elf, aren't you? (laughs) (laughs) I think they were just assigned like travel buddies. Yeah. They were assigned travel buddies. So no one had to like show up alone, I guess. That's so nice. And then they they memorized. Yeah. And then they memorized the ring poem on their flight over. God, they're so nerd. I love listening to the cast commentary is such a joy because they're just nerding out over the books. <laughs> Orlando Bloom is such a happy person. He really is. Oh, man. <laughs> Old pissy leg. That's the funniest thing in the cast commentary so far. So I don't. I think this minute's kind of light. So, Scott, why don't you tell us about your background with Lord of the Rings and these movies? Or, like, what was your first exposure to this universe? Um, well, I guess my very first exposure would have been probably that cartoon. Uh, but I didn't know that it had any sort of grander connection. And I never saw Lord of the Rings or Return of the King, those two. Um mm-hmm. Uh, animated films. I only saw the Hobbit one. Uh, but when when the movies were coming out, I guess in because they, they were they were two thousand one, two, and three, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So in two thousand, when that first teaser came out that announced the trilogy, and it had like the whole Fellowship on the cliffside, and then it would come up. It came up with like Fellowship Christmas. You know, or yeah. Thanksgiving, you know, t- 2001, Two Towers, 2002, and Return of the King, 2003. And everyone was just like, that's so far away. What, What is this crazy <laughs> future of 2003? I remember, I remember seeing that teaser, and I was a freshman in high school, and I remember seeing that teaser and being like, by the time the third one comes out, I'll be graduated. Aww. Uh, I was like, oh, that's so weird. Um, <laughs> and, but I didn't know what Lord of the Rings was was really and i didn't have a whole lot of interest in it because i typically i don't really like high fantasy so i I never read the books um and i didn't have any interest in that sort of thing uh and i wasn't going to see this movie uh and what happened was that a friend of mine um well uh, a whole bunch of my friends one of my friends was having a birthday and for his birthday he wanted to go see fellowship of the ring uh, cause it was opening like that night. So I actually went opening night cause I went with them and I went sort of like, all right, I'm going cause it's his birthday, but I'm going to be really bored. Yeah. Uh, and then came out of it like loving it. Oh, that's uh, awesome. And I, I, I think I ended up seeing all of the movies in theaters twice, I believe. Um, and then would, uh, I bought fellowship on DVD then the extended version came out. So then I bought that and then I didn't buy the theatrical version of any of the other ones. Cause I would just wait for the extended version to come out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I really, I really like these movies a lot and I was very excited to get back into the, you know, see the Hobbit, um, especially when Guillermo del Toro was going to direct them. 
Uh, yeah, I was I was pretty interested in a Guillermo del Toro right. take on on Tolkien. Yeah, because I mean, The Hobbit is a you know it's a it's a fairy tale, and he's really good with like kind of dark, twisted fairy tales. Um, and so his you know with Peter Jackson producing and him directing, I, I thought that was a really good mixture of people. Um, and then we got what we got. But yeah, <laughs> I mean, the thing is though, like. You know, there. It, what, what the first one is called? Um, what's the first? Unexpected one? journey. Yeah, unexpected journey. Unexpected journey is good. It's fine. It's only people don't remember it fondly because they know what comes after that. But the first one's fine. Like, yeah, there's, there's only wrong like with, one thing. Yeah, the first. There's nothing wrong with the first one. The problem is that they didn't decide to split it into three movies until after they produced the first movie. Um, yeah. and, and so the second two are stretched way thinner than the first one is. The first one feels like a real movie. Yeah. Cause I really like the first one. I remember yeah. watching it and being really pumped about the other two. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, and the, the thing about that first movie, and this is why I think it's not terribly unreasonable that you would have made two Hobbit movies anyway, is that it ends in a really kind of natural place. If you're going to split the story. Yeah. So like that that's why I've never really thought that the idea of making two Hobbit movies was terrible. But when you stretch it to three, there's just like Yeah. There's too a much a lot of too much empty space that you have to fill with things that are unimportant and completely unnecessary uses of characters like Legolas. I mean you li- they literally named one of the movies after a battle that you don't even see in the books because your main character is unconscious. Right. And it's unimportant and petty and stupid. Yes. Right. I want my diamonds back. It's a big pissing contest with casualties. I vastly prefer the idea of the two movies being called An Unexpected Journey and There and Back Again. Because if your movie is called The Hobbit, they should be really simple titles because it's like, I walked in a circle. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's I mean, that feels like very hobbity. But when you call it like the desolation, desolation of Smaug and the battle of the three armies, it's just like, oh, my God, like that is way too dramatic for what this is supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk. But uh, I also I also have big problems with Azog, but. My problem with the Hobbit movies is they were trying to parallel Lord of the Rings the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Like, very clearly and deliberately. I I feel like, look, Peter, buddy, like, if you wanted to do Cimmerillion stuff, like, just make a Cimmerillion TV show. I'm sure Showtime or Stars or whoever would just absolutely throw billions of dollars at your face to go make the Cimmerillion into a TV series. Or just take different stories from the Cimmerillion and do, like, one-shot stories. Just call it, like... You know, Tales from Middle Earth, The Hobbit, Tales from Middle Earth, this other thing. And then you're not making all of these other – you can just make these little stories and you can get all kinds of directors to do Middle Earth stories. And you can produce the whole thing, do very little work and collect paychecks and (laughs) never have to work again. It would be amazing. Until you're 11 Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It just – it seems silly that he just shoehorns all this appendice Cimmerillion stuff into The Hobbit – just because he's like, I want to see this, and I'm never going to make another one of these movies again, and I want to direct this thing, this scene, so I'm just going to shove it into this movie where it doesn't belong. Yeah. And I mean, like, a, a lot of other stuff that I think people really wanted out of those movies suffered 
because the shoehorning took away time you would have used to build it, like Bjorn. Mm-hmm. Like. Yeah, we see maybe five minutes of him. Yeah. He's so cool, though. He is really cool. I don't really like the way he looks in the Hobbit movie. I honestly don't even remember what he looks like. Uh, like a stretched out dwarf, kind of. Covered in hair? Yeah. Oh. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the whole the whole CG situation. Which, right. Which everyone says was studio mandated. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's true. I think they ran out of time because Guillermo del Toro quit very, you know, close to production going in. Um, you know, production beginning. And I think that they ran out of time. And I also think Peter Jackson was just like, well, look, I'm going to have to direct this again. I really don't want to work as hard as I did on Lord of the Rings. Because you can tell, like, watching all the appendices on the DVD, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that he, he storyboarded every single scene at least twice. Yeah. And for each of these. And like, he started doing like mapping out and blocking out shots like two years before at least like the cast even got there. Right. And we mentioned that there were some storyboards and things he'd planned out in his head essentially when he wrote the first script in 97. Yeah. And they didn't start filming until 2000. Yeah. Yeah. So he, it's ludicrous. The amount of work and time that went into making these three movies. Yeah. There had to to have been some, another director who could have directed the Hobbit. And I, and I don't, I don't, I, it's not that I dislike Peter Jackson. I just don't think his heart was in it. No, you know, it, it wasn't. definitely wasn't. And I think it, yeah. part of that might be because it wasn't entirely his to do. And it wasn't like all of just him and his friends making this movie right. a second time. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot harder for him to invest in it the, the way that he was invested in Lord of the Rings. Right. Um, and I mean, I, we were talking about this a couple of days ago, but. There must be a reason why he chose to do Lord of the Rings instead of The Hobbit. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's the Star Wars thing, movie. right? It's it's the Star Wars thing. You 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 start with the most interesting part of the story, and you don't start at the beginning uh, when you're doing a movie like this because you want to feel like the world is a lived in place, right? And so you start with the most interesting story, and you make the background sort of mysterious because. Yeah. That's how you hide the fact that it's not as interesting as the story you're watching. <laughs> and that's why fans have come up with machete order for watching Star Wars. And right. At some point, I plan to actually sit down and do that. Yeah. Uh, it still doesn't make the, the, the prequels good. Um, I just mean, FYI. I, <laughs> the only one of the three prequels that I actually really dislike is Attack of the Clones. That's because it's the worst. Uh, I think Phantom Menace is overall fine. And that Revenge of the Sith suffers in the middle part of that movie pretty badly. And the action scenes are too long, but it overall does exactly what it's supposed to do. Yeah. I guess. Because you have like an end goal for Revenge of the Sith. Because XYZ needs to happen in order for him to be Darth Vader. Also, I love Ewan McGregor, so. Yeah. Uh, Also, another separate unpopular opinion for me. Oh, God. Is that I am not really a big fan of Guillermo del Toro's dark twisted fantasy stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, like I didn't like Pan's Labyrinth. I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. Mm. Uh, I was very bored by Pan's Labyrinth. 
Guillermo del Toro um, directed Hellboy, though, right? That's he did the second. He did the first. He did both. He did do both, but I don't like the second one. Uh, the second, the second one's more high fantasy. Yeah, exactly. I don't like, like when Guillermo. Elves in there. I don't like when Guillermo del Toro goes that way. I like his more action-oriented stuff much better. Like Pacific Rim. You like Pacific Rim in yeah. the first Hellboy movie. Mm. That's fair. So well, I, like, I mean, there, there there could have been other. I remember at the time, it was like uh, after he quit. I remember there was a big question mark about who was going to direct it, and I think one of the directors that they tried to get was Alfonso Cuarón. Ooh, that would have been and awesome. I, and I feel like he would have been like the guy to get the third Harry Potter movie. Is the I didn't like the third Harry you Potter like movie the either. The third Harry Potter movie is the best one. Yeah, you're just you're just flat out wrong. We need oh, to okay. watch. We need to watch Children of Men. That's 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 an incorrect opinion. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> the third when's Harry the, Potter movie is easily the best Harry Potter. When's movie. When's the last time you saw the third Harry Potter movie? Uh, when it came out on DVD. Okay, so we need to watch that again. Yeah, I've only seen. Uh, I've seen the first four Harry Potter movies twice, and then the back half each only once. I've also only read the books through once. Mm. Uh, so the the normal amount of times. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling attacked right now. <laughs> the normal. Amount of times. It's it's okay. I've read Lord of the Rings at least a dozen. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, but that's you're that's why you're doing a podcast about this <laughs> this movie. Yeah. Reading a book once is the normal amount of times to read a book. I don't know, man. I read the fourth Harry Potter book. I've read the fourth Harry Potter book at least ten times. That's my least favorite book. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't – that makes you not normal. Like that's not the normal amount of times to read a book. It's okay. No, I know. I'm a nerd. Yeah. No, but that's good. That's why we're doing this. We're nerds. You don't like the fourth Harry Potter book? We're fighting right now. I didn't now. say I didn't like it. I said it's my least favorite. Oh, man. Oh, the fourth book is is my favorite book. The fifth one's mine. Oh, what is wrong with you? Why are we getting by? No, <laughs> we're fighting. You're marrying this guy? <laughs> oh, I just came out to have a good time. <laughs> no. No, we're fighting now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Do we have anything else? Before, now that we're far, far, far Before I off start track. getting really upset. <laughs> uh, uh, I uh, I don't think so. Okay. I think uh, I think we're doing okay here. Yeah. <laughs> you can find us on duelinggenre.com. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today, tell him he's wrong. And whether or not whether or not my opinion is correct or incorrect, <laughs> you can email us at contact at lordoftheringsminute.com. You find us on Twitter at LOTR Minute, Tumblr, lotrminute.tumblr.com. We have a Facebook, including a listener page. Uh, we're on iTunes, and you should leave us a five star review, whether or not I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm right. <laughs> Uh, other podcasts on the site include The Doctor's Companion, hosted by Scott, Cassandra, and Nick. Scott and Nick also host Back to the Future a Minute, and the three of them work on Geek by Night, which is a fantastic audio drama that I very much enjoy. Yay. Uh, you should support us on Patreon if you're so inclined and think we're doing well. That's duelinggenre.com slash support. We also have a one-time donation button if that's more your style, and hopefully merchandise soon to come. We're working on it. And as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. I hope everyone has a great Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs>